0: sunset, promise and fulfillment, birth and death. The whole drama of life is written in the sands of time. We present a new series of radio programs, The Clock. The passage of time and the forward trend of civilization have both had a profound influence in changing man from a polygamous animal to one who practices monogamy. In the reign of Solomon the King, a thousand wives was the custom. Today, one wife, or at least one wife at a time, is the prevailing fashion. But there are still some members of the species, Homo sapiens, who are loath to accept their monogamous status. I'm not referring to the bigamous either, mind you. As a matter of fact, the gentleman of whom I speak rarely marries all. But they have a list of conquests to their credit that would put a sultan to shame. And they seem to forget the fact that one woman can be more than enough for any man to handle.
1: i know no collar, Rad. you'll never see my puss in a subway poster when you're hanging from the strap. That's why I, I can't figure the reason they go for me in such a great big way. <laughs> I'm talking about women. Fat women, thin women, blondes and brunettes. They all make a grab for Alex. It can't be the way I talk. My education don't amount to much, and I'm a little rough around the edges. And my bill wouldn't win no prizes in a model's magazine. So maybe it's my face. Yeah, maybe it's the way I smile and look them in the eye that makes them gulp like flounders and booze right into my arms. Anyway, I ain't complaining because I like them just as much as they like me. (laughs) Oh, boy, how I love them. I take them all shapes and sizes from 18 to 85. And when I say I take him, mister, I mean I take them for everything they got. For instance, there was Lola. Uh, when I met her, she was wearing a black satin evening gown with lace all over the middle. Her skin was as white as a hunk of ermine. And her teeth were straighter than the keys on a baby grand. We did the town together from 52nd Street to the village. And by the time I took her home in a taxi cab, yeah, we were getting to be old friends.
2: Oh, Alex, kiss me. Kiss me hard.
1: Oh, I'm afraid I've been smearing your lipstick.
2: I've never met a man like you before. What is about you that makes you so attractive?
1: Listen, stop taking me apart. Just relax, honey, and I'll do the talking. Where's he going? What? The cab driver. Where's he taking us? To your apartment. The address you gave him. Oh, no. No, 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 he
2: can't do that. I, what? I, I must be crazy. You, you must be driving me out of my mind.
1: Well, what's the matter? Ain't you paid your rent up?
2: I... I'm married,
1: Alex. You you, you what?
2: I got a husband.
1: What? Oh, Lola, how could you do a thing like that to me?
2: I know I should have told you before. I just didn't want to lose you.
1: Oh, ain't there a woman in the world I can trust? Oh, Alex, don't look at me like that, please. Please, darling, it doesn't make any difference. Driver, stop this hack. Alex, Please. When
2: will we see each other
1: again? Uh, I ain't sure. I'll
2: call in the morning between ten and twelve. My husband's always at his office then?
1: Now, what business is he in?
2: Oh, he's a darling buyer.
1: Oh, he buys diamonds?
2: Alex, please. Tell me I'll see you.
1: Well, I'll, uh, I'll take it over, baby, and, uh, let you know. I let her stew for a couple of days, then I gave her a ring. Inside a week, I had her eaten out of my hand. Then came an evening when I figured it was time to blow. Who is it?
2: It's Lola, darling. Let me in. Oh, Alex, something terrible's happened. I... What's the suitcase doing on your bed? I'm packing. Packing for what?
1: I'm getting out of here for a while.
2: But but, but you can't leave me now.
1: Who says I can
2: Well, what about those diamonds you borrowed?
1: I'll mail them to you tomorrow.
3: Alex!
2: My husband's coming home sooner than I expected. He'll arrive tonight. So what? He'll open his safe and find the diamonds missing. Look,
1: what does he do? Count every hunger glass he's got? You only gave me three.
2: You told me that you were using those stones for security alone. You said you'd give them back to me whenever I wanted them. Yeah, doesn't. well, you'll get them. You'll
1: get them. Stop having oh, Alex, me. i got to have them
2: tonight. Listen,
1: I'm busy. i got to make a train.
2: You're them, Alex. Why, you're
1: nothing but a thief. Look, will you Go home?
2: Go home. I'll call the police. That's
1: what I'll do. I'll put you in jail for this. There's the phone. Use it. And then you can call your husband down to identify the loot. You're despicable. Yeah.
3: You're rotten through and through.
1: Oh, get out of my way, baby. You're blocking the door. Allie. Get out of my way before I kick your pretty teeth in. So long, Lola been lovely knowing you. And just to show you how I feel, I'm going to mark you triple A on my suckers list. See what I mean? They just can't keep away from me. I'm the lady's home companion, the dame's delight. And the smarter they come, the harder they fall. (laughs) That's why I had to bite my lip to keep from laughing when I first met Ethel. Yeah, she was a waitress at the drive-in near L.A., cute as a pretzel with big blue eyes and a dumb expression. I don't usually mix business with pleasure, but... uh, I only go for the dolls who pay off, but I figured this time I didn't have to go in and make for a profit. I was just going to keep her happy for last. Yes,
2: sir.
1: Oh, what do you got that's tasty, baby? Uh, outside of yourself?
2: Oh, we got hamburgers, steak burger, cheeseburger,
1: and whale burger. Well, give me a sardine on Ryan, a cup of coffee with a hunk of cheesecake on a side. You get that?
2: Uh huh.
1: Well, what you looking at, blue eyes?
2: You sort of remind me of someone.
1: Yeah?
2: A friend of mine. He looks just like you. You build and everything. He's even got a scar on his hand like yours. And it's very uncanny.
1: Oh, now, you don't have to go into a routine like that if you want to get to know me, Blondie. I'm the kind who picks up easy.
2: Gee, he's
1: just spitting in it. Hey, when do you knock off today? Why? Maybe I'll run around and take you for a ride.
2: I don't go for rides with men I wasn't introduced to.
1: My name is Alex. What's yours? That's Okay, we're introduced. Now, hustle your frame inside that restaurant and get them victuals, and when you come back, we'll make a date. Well, you should have seen her eyes when I told I was taking her out but, <laughs> That poor dumb bunny acted like I just gave her a thousand shares of American T&T. Yeah, sometimes I think I should have been born quintuplet just so I could spread myself around a little more. Well, about two hours later, I'm back at the drive and waiting for Ethel to finish her stint. She walked out of eight sharp wearing a dress that fit like the skin on a weenie. When she crossed the gams, I nearly, I nearly stripped my gears. Where to, Sugar Plum?
2: Oh, I don't care. Just so I get some
1: air. Hey, how come a doll like you got to serve up garbage to every jerk who comes along? You, you know, you are being pictures. You think so? Sure, yeah. You ever had a screen test? No. Well, I got pulled at Superman, the president of me, just like that. Maybe I'll talk to him tomorrow. See what I can do. Are
2: you in the picture business, Alan? Nah, nah. That ain't big time. I'm in a hotter
1: racket. I promote.
2: Well, what do you promote?
1: Well, right now, I'm working on you.
2: What's the matter?
1: Nothing.
2: There's something wrong with the car.
1: Hey, so, on a level. Are you as dizzy as you sound?
2: Alex, what are you doing?
1: Oh, I'm going to give you a great big kiss. Hmm.
2: That make you happy? Gee, you even kiss like Stanley.
1: Stanley? Who is Stanley?
2: The fellow I know who looks like you. Stanley Kibby. Say,
1: so listen, how about you can a chatter? You're out with me now, not with Stanley.
2: Ethel. Yeah? Uh,
1: maybe i better take you home. All right. I'm used to gals who pay a little attention to me. Maybe I, I won't even see you again.
2: All right. What? Whatever you say, Alex. <sighs> Whatever you
1: say. Well, oh, it wasn't that I lost my touch. It was just that the dame was too dizzy to even fall. The way she talked, you'd think her head was in a plaster cast. From the neck up, she was absolutely numb. I drove her back to a flat in L.A., figuring I'd dump her in call of the night. When I got to the front of the house, something happened to change my mind.
2: Well, thanks for the
1: ride, Alex. Yeah, don't mention it. Next time I eat salad in a rye, I won't pick up on the extras. What? Skip it, spongehead. Go on up and put your hair in curlers for the night.
2: Oh, my goodness. Now what? It's Stanley. Where? See? He's been waiting in front of the house. Oh, I bet he's mad at me. I completely forgot we had a day. Ah, so
3: there you are. Oh, Stanley. And I should have known you'd be running with a hobo. Oh, don't be rude, Charlie. I ought to shock you, mister.
1: That's what I ought to do. Keep them hands in your pockets, Stanley. I'm going home. I could have climbed out of the car and spilled Stanley all over the sidewalk in 60 seconds. I could have laid him out like a rubber mat. Why didn't I? Well, because I had different ideas. Yeah, you see, she was right about Stanley. It wasn't just a gag. In build and color, the guy was a ringer for me. He even had the same scar on his left hand. Our faces were a little different, maybe, but that could be fixed. For what? <laughs> I'll tell you, for what. And it came to me just like a flash. Up to then, it was small time stuff. A grand here, three grand there. Nothing really big to sink my claws in. I had black men and larceny wraps over my skull from... Albany to Albuquerque, so I... If I branched out a little, what did I have to lose? The idea was right, and I had a feeling Ethel was dumb enough to go for it. The only one who might kick was Stanley, and you couldn't blame him. After all, he was going to get elected to to be a corpse. (gasps)
0: woman is like a watch that runs on time. She clicks away with a dependability you can rely on. A clever woman is a watch that runs too fast. And a scheming woman is a watch without a face. But beware of the female who professes ignorance, for she may be the time clock you often find attached to a bomb. I waited a week
1: before I spring the plan on Ethel. I knew I was taking a long shot by ringing her in on it, but I figured I could always pass it off with a gag and a laugh if she would put up a kick. So, yeah, whatever happened to Stanley, sugar?
2: Oh, he's mad at me. Count us? I never liked him anyway. He used to come over here with ketchup stains on his tie.
1: Ethel, uh, Ethel, you, you ever been in trouble? What do you mean? No, 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 no. You, you know, you, uh, you ever had a running with a law? Oh, no. Oh, that's too bad. It is. I had a little business proposition to make to you.
2: But what kind of a proposition?
1: Well, uh, you, you like money, Ethel.
2: Oh, I love
1: it. Mm, lots of money, huh?
2: Mm. Say, how would
1: you like to split 200,000 bucks with me?
2: <laughs> oh, Alex, you're
1: a car. No, I'm on a level, baby. i got a tie-up that's foolproof. All I need is a dame with knife, and I'll handle the rest.
2: But what's that got to do with my having trouble with the law?
1: Well, I just wanted to know if you'd had any practice. You see, uh... You see, my plan isn't exactly, uh, legitimate. No? No, uh, you know, in order to get what we're after, we gotta kill a guy. Oh! All right, all right, all right, forget it, forget it. it's, uh, it's only a mink coat and a trip around the world. You're a simple type, I know. You don't like diamonds or furs or perfume that costs a hundred bucks an ounce.
2: No. No, Alex, I just couldn't do it.
1: Not for a 50% split on 200 grand?
2: I don't know how you could even mention such a thing. You must be joking. Yeah, sure,
1: sure, sure. It's only a gag, <laughs> man. Make- I believe I never said it. But, uh, you know, if you happen to get a yen for a little pin money this winter, just let me know, huh? Maybe you'll change your mind. Yeah? Yeah,
2: Ethel. I've been
1: thinking it over. Yeah? Do you still want me to work with you? Yeah. Then come right over. Yeah. Now listen closely, baby. I'm listening. Face off, we get married.
2: Married? What for? Well,
1: look, look, I don't like a ball and chain no more than you do, but it's the way we got to work. We get hitched, and then I take out an insurance policy for hundred grand with double indemnity. What's that? What's what?
2: Oh, double, whatever you say. Well,
1: it's, uh... Well, it's, it's double the take, sweetheart. If I get killed in an accident, I collect twice.
2: you getting killed in an
1: accident? No, I'm not getting... Stanley is.
3: Stan, that... What?
1: Yeah, and when I find his body, he'll be in my car with my identification on him. I'll call you down to the morgue to see the body, and you'll recognize his clothes, see? The insurance company will check the scar on his hand. And that makes it final. Oh. Yeah, you you got everything straight now? I think so. Okay, now right after the wedding, you get Stanley on the phone.
2: Well, I say to him.
1: Well, tell him you want to see him. Say you've been crying your eyes out since he left. Pick him up in my car and drive him up to the heights. You know that spot overlooking the cliff? Yeah. That's where you park and wait for me. Now, you you think you can handle
2: him? I guess so. But what happens after we park?
1: You leave that to me. She did like I said and Stanley fell. <laughs> and I was waiting at the bend of the road near the cliff at 9 p.m. when I drove up. When she stole the car, Stanley grinned like a hungry hyena. But his dopey smile only stayed on his pen until I walked up and laid him cold before he could open his mouth.
3: <laughs>
1: okay, he's cold. Now we'll just pull him in front of the steering wheel. Get his hands around. I said That's it. And where's my wallet? Oh. Here, slip this into his inside pocket and take his wallet out. And now we'll twist the wheel so she points for the cliff. Put her in first. Ethel, push that starter button, baby. And then get out quick. So long, Stanley. Hold on to your hat. ten minutes I was down the mountain and checking a wreck. Yeah, he was pretty badly banged up. He couldn't recognize his face. That was the important thing. I checked her once more without touching the body and then lambed out of there with Ethel. Three hours later she was at the morgue identifying a stiff. You sure it's your husband, Mrs. Blink? I
2: bought him that suit for wedding presents. Oh, I know it's
1: him. All right, boys, put it back. <gasps> Do you know if your husband was despondent or something like that?
2: Oh no, Alex was always as chipper as could be.
1: The fact that he took out an expensive policy and then got himself killed a couple of days later seems to have the insurance adjuster worried.
2: You mean they think he killed himself?
1: Yeah, they don't pay off on suicide, you know. But they can't prove it, Mrs. Bleak. So you're okay. For my part, I'm listing it as an accidental death. <laughs> What could be sweeter? it works so good, you'd think Stanley's trying to help us along. I stayed undercover for two weeks while Ethel collected the dough, and then I showed up at her apartment.
3: Who is it?
1: Alex, baby.
3: Who? Alex.
1: Everything all set, sugar? What? You got the dough, okay?
2: Who are you?
1: Who, who what? do you want? Hey. Hey, what kind of a gimmick is this? You know who I am, and I'll explain to your husband. Oh, but that's ridiculous.
2: What? My husband's dead. S-
1: Wait a minute.
2: He was killed in an accident. i never saw you before in my life. And if you know what's good for you, you'd better not let me see you again.
1: And I thought she was dumb. I figured she was thicker than a hunk of cement. Dumb, huh? I shouldn't be that dumb. party wasn't over yet and I wasn't finished with that peroxide Blonde. First I wrote a letter and signed it Stanley Kibbe. Yeah, Stanley Kibbe, the guy we'd killed in my car. I told her that we were through and I asked her not to do anything foolish. I said she'd find someone else as nice as me. She mustn't think that life's no good just because I ain't around. Then I began to keep an eye on her. I trailed her from morning till night and I knew she was nervous by the way she kept looking behind her every time she hit the street. Finally she made the move I was waiting for she drew every nickel she had from the bank in cash. And it didn't take any fortune teller to figure she was packing a leave. Well, I beat her home from the bank and jimmied my way into her apartment. <laughs> By the time she came back, the reception committee was all set. Hello, baby. Alex? Keep your voice down, honey. This rod I got ain't as phony as you are.
2: What do you want?
1: That dough you just drew from the bank. Shell out. And make it snappy.
2: Gee, Alex, you're not being very
1: nice. (laughs) Oh, my name ain't Alex. It's Stanley, remember? Come on, hand it over.
2: Don't I get to keep any of it? After the crush you
1: handed me, put the roll on the table.
2: Oh, well, if that's the way you feel about it. Wait a
1: minute, wait a minute. You know, as big a chiseler as you are, I can't help feeling sorry for you. Really? Besides, you're just dumb enough to, to turn me in. Even though you'd be taking a rap as well as me. So I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll let you keep your half. Oh,
2: Alex, you're so good to me. mm
1: mm-hmm. Now, we part friends, huh? Okay? Uh-huh. Alex, let's drink on it, baby. Then we can kiss each other off. Uh, what do you got on the side, scotch? Yeah. Well, never mind, I'll do it, though. I'll Take half the dough from that rolling table. Gotta make sure it's only
2: half. Oh, I'd never cheat you, Alex. You wouldn't know that by now.
1: Yeah, sure, I know. Well, here's to us.
2: Happy days, Alex. Is mud in your eye? Yeah. <laughs> bottoms up.
1: Well, it was bottoms up. There was enough cyanide in the glass I gave her to conquer Rhino. Five minutes later, she was flat on the floor. And I stuffed my letter into a mitt and left. Neat, huh? Looked like a clear case of suicide. And she did it just for me. I thought it was pretty smart to sign that letter Stanley Kibbe. I was using his name now since I didn't have one of my own. I was supposed to be dead. And just by leaving myself wide open by writing that letter, I'd be safe. The cops wouldn't figure I'd be dumb enough to leave it in her hand after knocking her off. That is what you call, uh, reverse psychology. I'd still be covered in case somebody knew she'd be running around with a guy named Kibby and the cops tried to look me up. When I got to my flat, I planned one more alibi just for atmosphere. Got hold of a lot of toothache medicine and wrapped a bandage around my jaw. Then I lay on a couch and waited. Yeah, that's yeah, me. Detective Haley. this your letter? Where'd you find that? A man of a woman named Ethel Kane. Ethel. She just killed herself. What? Ethel. Oh, she shouldn't have done it. That's why I wrote the letter. I had a feeling this might happen. I was going to call her up tonight and talk some sense into her. But his toothache was driving me crazy. Toothache, huh? But... Uh... Yeah, you, you, you wouldn't know uh, what to do about a toothache, would you? Oh, sure. Sure, we'll fix you up, mister. At headquarters. <laughs> well, before I got a chance to make a move, he had the handcuffs on. And an hour later, they put me on the grill. They had me with my goddess down, and I knew it. And I was finished when I finally found a dough. The try was quick, as you might have read... And half an hour ago, he told me the governor wasn't giving out with any reprieve. But if I hadn't pulled that toothache gag, I, I'd have been sitting pretty with a roll of money big enough to stuff a chair. Yeah, if that dumb blonde lunkhead only had enough sense to tell me. How should I know? How should I know her boyfriend, Stanley, was a dentist? Yeah, a dentist.
0: California execution is carried out by means of lethal gas and so tonight we trust that Alex Bleak, alias Stanley Kibbe will discover a satisfying and permanent cure for an aching tooth the clock will be heard again next week it's written by Lawrence Clee, and Hart McGuire is the voice of the clock Alex was played by
1: Ken Wayne Wynn Nelson was Ethel others were Moira Redmond John Ewart and Brian James the clock directed
0: by John Saul is a Grace Gibson radio production <laughs>